Hey, what's up, people? This is episode 72 of the Option Podcast. I have Wendy Jones. The episode starts right now. Welcome, people. This is episode 72. This is the Option Podcast. I'm Jason DeBeas, and she's back. Guess who's back? Back again. I got to give the people what they want. (laughs) (laughs) Wendy Jones, what's up? Uh, It's great to be here. I always love talking to you. I was just saying I miss our Starbucks run-in. So Mm. we're all back at home, and I'm happy to have the conversation. So... Every time you show up at Starbucks, I feel like it's a celebrity sighting. I I, I look at you and you and you look back at me and you're just like, I hope he doesn't do anything crazy. <laughs> I'm like, no, it's what it's Wendy Jones. You're sitting there doing good research. It's, it's awesome. It's uh, for everybody listening at home. Again, welcome. This is episode 72, and we had before we got into the podcast, we I was getting into a discussion about places where public places where we want to be left alone. But at the same time, we function better. Uh, for for anyone who like works at home, and there's all these distractions. There's cable. If you have kids at the house, there's kids, and there's there's all. Oh, I want to do this first before I do this. I want to do that first, and you become the biggest procrastinator, and you're not getting anything done. But you go to like Starbucks. You're in this place where you're not alone. You're not distracted because it's just you're just surrounded by everybody else minding their own business and doing their thing, and. It's the one place I want people around me and at the same time, leave me alone. <laughs> Don't talk to me, you know? So um, I guess for some people it might be a library, right? It's like public setting places where coffee shops, parks, there's a reason why people do this. I think it's just to, um, I don't know. What do you think? To hit like the reset yeah, button? No, I, I definitely, I think it's a connection. I think I noticed it a lot this year because um, for a long time, I wasn't going to coffee shops. Like I wasn't, I was coming home and making my own coffee and we had that period of time where we couldn't and i kind of realized it's not the coffee it's the connection with the people working there and like seeing you or you know any faces that i know and i started stopping and i was like okay what's the cheapest thing i can order and still um you know not spend seven dollars a day on coffee but you know if i'm done playing volleyball it's it's just a fun stop to like connect and so that i that's what i think it is well, I knew, look, COVID's pretty much fucked up 2020, right? I mean, this is a year when, listen, when next year starts, we just want to call next year 2020 and just pretend this year didn't happen. But in so many ways, we, we can't pretend because it's, it's affected so many people financially. It's a, um, uh, Some people have lost their very lives because of this, Wendy. Um, and I mean, I was going over the celebrity list, right? Um, like I'll start with like film people, Sean Connery, right? One of my favorite actors, uh, Chadwick Boseman, Chadwick Boseman. Think about that. Like yeah. Chadwick, I mean, you can't think of a better, um, career for any actor, black or white. I mean, I mean, he is an African American. So for him, it's, it's like times eight. You get to play Jackie Robinson. You get to play Thurgood Marshall, right? You get to, um, play Black Panther. Um, yeah. and, and there's a fourth one I'm missing, James Brown. Yeah. James, I mean, he could close up shop with just those four roles, you know. And right. um, Brian Dennehy. 
Yeah. What What's one of your favorite movies with him? Oh, He's Brian on. I, Actually, uh, for me, it's, me, me, I'll go first. It's Death of a Salesman, but not the movie. Um, I saw him on Broadway. Oh, uh, Death of really? a Salesman. Yeah, he oh, was he was a long time um uh actor a role for that and before um Philip Seymour Hoffman who also passed away um before yeah. him. <laughs> now we've lost some good ones that's for sure and it's uh yeah yeah it's been a year and Broadway is one of the things that my daughter and I had tickets to a Broadway show April eighth we were supposed to go through New York on a way to a volleyball tournament. And obviously that all came to a screeching halt. And we've said the entire year, like, can't wait to get back to Broadway. Is... Yeah, no doubt. Um, Alex Trebek, um, oh. Kelly and I, like part of our daily routine, when it's a normal day, we have it on the background and we can't help it. Um, because I'm smarter than your average Brooklyn kid and because Kelly's like a genius, we, we pretty much get our every question. It's, it's, That's so good. it's, I've never, I mean, to me, it's a rush because I've never had a partnership where we can, that's, we can answer really every cool. question. Yeah. So, um, my grandparents used to watch Jeopardy together. They always yeah. had it on, but yeah, he was, I mean, they're just people that, you know, that they figured it out. It's like that, those are the, I love to see the people that hit those highest levels of success and yet they have these like super grounded relationships and that's like there's so much meaning behind their lives. It's not just this like chase after crazy success, but and you notice that when the ones that you mentioned, like Sean Connery's and the Alex Trebek's and they were connected to other people. They have those relationships in their lives and they make such an impact, you know? Yeah. Definitely. But reading those articles as they passed was yeah, definitely. Joe, yeah, filmmaker Joe Schumacher, Regis Philbin, Kobe Bryant, we all know that. To me, that was the one, as athletes, that's the one that probably struck us the hardest. Well, right? that that almost, was, that's like, not COVID. to me, that almost defined, like, we didn't even know it then, where, I mean, there was some a few COVID news reports from China, but, like, that, like, if you think about where the tragedy of 2020 started, like, for me, that was, like, what is going on? Right. And it just was this hugely deep loss that everybody felt. And then it feels like it's just kept going from there, you know? Yeah. And it makes you question your own mortality, right? Like, you yeah. know, sometimes you just got done playing volleyball today and we're going to get into sports in a minute. We definitely got to talk about volleyball. We, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's Wendy Jones and Jason. We, we're going to cover <laughs> volleyball. So for everybody else, man, just, just take the ride with us. Okay. Promise I won't <laughs> take us off the cliff. Um, yeah. Kobe passing away made us re-examine our mortality. Because as elite athletes, I'm a former elite athlete, but when, dude, when I'm in shape, I feel like I can't die. I feel like I could live forever. I feel like um, I could kick anybody's ass on the street. <laughs> you know, who wants some? You, come on, come here, <laughs> run. Um, so as elite athletes, you you feel more immortal. You feel like you're. this is never gonna end. You know, and sometimes when you get older, Wendy, and I'd love for you to just, I'm going to give you the flutter um, um, to shine on this. Sometimes when, when you don't die young and you get older, you, you, you learn the hard way that um, Father Time wins in the end. No, Father Time's not undefeated. I have a, I have a, I have a problem with that. I think, I, I think that's ridiculous. Father Time gets his ass kicked plenty of times. He wins at the end. But in his case, he just retired. He could have still played, right? He's he's moving on to other ventures. He's he's younger than both of us, right? Yeah. And then this guy who you think would never die. Totally. 
I mean, he was superhuman, you know, in our, in everybody's eyes, anyone that watched him and followed his career, he was superhuman. And the sad thing to me is that he was leaving such a legacy for the next generation, which I think is just, you know, for me, that's just the thing that, that gets me up in the morning is, is, is what's the example you're going to set for that next generation. And he was doing it and he mm -hmm. was so into his girls and he was, you know, elevating women's sports and, it's just, you know, it, 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 it was surreal. I mean, I, I honestly, it'll be like, it was the thing that I saw, you know, we all remember certain moments of, of history and for the gen, like the generation of my kids, that will be something that, that the day they will never forget. I mean, they cried. It was, it, it was such a gut check and yeah, it didn't feel like he could, you, you do feel like there's another set of rules for some people. And he was definitely one of them. But then we get reminded, you know, it's the same. The rules apply to all of us and you can walk out your door and everything can change. So it does make you it, it definitely 2020 has been the. The, the, the life short year <laughs> present, right? I mean, all you have is now. So what are you going to do with it? 2020 life short. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. So other celebrities, Kirk Douglas. Regis, Regis Philbin, Philbin. Yeah. Um, and those aren't even the athletes. The athletes, the list is longer. I mean, some of some mean, I, 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 we steered away from COVID a little bit and we just we were just talking about people that that's the end of 2020. Yeah. And just people we want to remember. I get that. Musicians. Um, actually, no, musicians are later. Let's, let's we're on Kobe Bryant, Tom Seaver, um, Don Shula. David Stern, commissioner, longtime commissioner that turned, you know, the, um, the, the I, I hate using the word thug league because some people think it's code, code word for something else. But you, you were looking more, you were looking more for a fight than it was like hockey. You're looking more for a fight than a game. And Stern, Stern did a good job with the league. Uh, Phil Necro, I'm a longtime Yankee fan. Um, he was, he's a longtime brave and Yankee pitcher. He okay. pitched till he was 48 years old. He, he passed away at, um, uh, 84. Um, and he, 1967, he won ERA, NLERA title. He's 20 win seasons. Um, and he had a knuckleball. He had a, he had a ball you could throw, like literally, it would, like leave the screen and land in the catcher's mitt for a strike. So, uh, Whitey Ford, uh, Gail Sayers, um, Lou Brock, Lou Brock, longtime uh, career stolen bases leader until it was broken by Ricky Henderson, Cliff Robinson. And because um, I'm a wrestling fan, a uh, Road Warrior Animal, one of the Road the Legion of Doom, Road Warriors, oh, Animal okay. and Hawk. Hawk died a decade earlier. Um, so those those are some of the athletes. Um, so musicians, Eddie Van Halen. Oh, that was a huge one for me. Oh my gosh, like that what's, was. What's one of your favorite that songs? That was my high school. I mean, you know, you had the Walkman and the Van Halen and the. I had to text um, my high school boyfriend when Eddie Van Halen died because that was like that was our. Y'all lived our, off of him. Y'all yeah, lived off of Van jam. Halen. That was it was crazy. That was a big one. I'm actually gonna move this mic back and be comfortable. Charlie Daniels. That was one. That was sig yep, significant to me. Fan, so. The devil came down to Georgia. You know? Oh God, yeah, talent beyond yeah. belief. I mean, I'd love to go with karaoke and sing it, but. <laughs> can't do that can't do that either okay <laughs> bill withers you know ain't yep. no sunshine when she's gone <laughs> or the other yep. song to you use me up dun, 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 dun. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I think music music was the other thing in 2020, man, mm -hmm. that like it got us through, you know? I mean, even the way that artists started producing and, you know, we have double albums coming out and, you know, concerts that are, you know, live stream concerts and just, I, I went up to Utah and went to a mask on concert about right before the last outbreak. So everything, before everything shut down again. But you forget like what music music just brings us. It it it, it enlivens the human spirit. Like it, I mean, you cannot what is have there? That yeah. Way. Without music, what is there? I mean, yeah. Listen, um, as I go through the list, Little Richard, Kenny Rogers, your country music yeah, fan. Um, then politicians, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Herman Cain, David Dinkins, and of course the great great John Lewis. Um, but yeah, but for me, I agree with you with the music thing because, I, as I said previously on this podcast, when my escapism became my career, like this whole volleyball thing, as far um, um, playing days are pretty much done, um, coaching, color commentating, you know, podcasting. When my escapism became my career, I needed another form, another outlet to to emote, where, where that allowed me to do my job like a mammal and. Um, Performing is one of my things, and I really liked. I really liked karaoke. I really liked piano bars. Um, um, I don't see too many in California, New York. There, are, there, are, there are some pretty good spots. I'm from New York, but um, yeah, but, you know what? Honestly, because I'm not a big uh, bar going. Like, I, you don't see me out much. But um, if you were gonna get me out, it's gonna be to a piano bar. Like, there's yeah. uh, there's nothing better. I have a piano at my house, and Luke can play, and yeah. I I love the piano. So. Uh, yeah, and there aren't a lot of piano bars in California. Do you play piano? Do you, going do you, to Chicago, there's some good ones. You know, yeah. New York, but California, not so much. No, I mean, yeah, it's weird, I guess. Uh, do you play piano? I do, not as well as my son, so now I let him play. But um, I, I, I mess around still when, when there's no one around. <laughs> oh, you got I one in the house. What was that? You have a piano in the house? Yeah, I do. I have the same piano from when I was a kid. Wow. I, yeah. Wow. I had a, I had a piano in our house. Um, it was a Mirant, like a, it was like, it wasn't, a, it was a, it was an upright. Um, and it was, it was an old school. It was a Mirant. I don't even think they exist anymore. You know, like Steinway still exists, you know, yeah. but those are more, those are more grands, right? Grands and that's Yeah. Not, mine's not just an upright Yamaha. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's going to fit in the house. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, now I'm in California. Now I wish I did have a grand. I could just, <laughs> but no, I, I think it's safe to say I played past tense piano, but uh, to, for me, it got steered the wrong way. My turn on my piano teacher was a perv, you know, it's kind oh, of a no. freak. And then without getting into too much detail, that 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 went the wrong way. Yeah, that's um, not going to be enjoyable. Yeah, actually, no, I will go there. Actually, why not? It's a podcast. Um, I'm like uh, basically 11 to 14 years old. His name is Dr. Raymond Elliott Brock, right? And yeah. I went to a Lutheran parochial school. So he's the guy that played piano for the church services for um, the Wednesday. You know, the students were required to go to Wednesday service. Um, we all wore these uniforms, you know, the green jacket, the oh, gray yeah. pants, red tie and all that stuff. Yeah, so, my kids went to Flatbush Catholic. Avenue, Brooklyn. Boy, I'm running for my life just to make it home. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a guy a few shades lighter wearing a, a, a private school uniform. I'm in trouble. Um, <laughs> but this was the guy that, I don't know. He just, he was touchy feely, which to me 
is always like a warning sign, but uh, which is crazy because for me, I'm touchy feely too. But <laughs> okay, I'm warning myself. But um, he was one of these guys where like my mom wanted me to play piano because he taught piano and he impressed her. So she's like, you're going to play piano. And I probably would have, but she, but, but when someone, when your parents make you do something, you become, totally. you're not, you're not delved into it as much as you want to, because it's not something you want to do, you know? And for yeah. people, oh, for sure. you know, and I'm not talking about like oppositional defines disorder, I'm, you know, <laughs> like, um, but. Yeah. I think like you're touching on one of the arts of parenting there though, is it's like, it's our, our job is to like, show them the options mm -hmm. and then see what they gravitate towards. Cause the second you say like, you're going to do this, mm -hmm. they're going to go, you know, so often they go a different direction. You see the cases of like tiger mom and, and you see it working out, but I think far more often it's, you get a lot of defiance and it doesn't work out the way the parent thought it was going to work out and the kid's not happy. And to see your kid actually do what they, are meant to do, you know, that, that they are excited about all of a sudden that just becomes the greatest joy of parenting that you didn't see coming. So yeah, I'm with you on that. Like, I'm not a forceful, like, oh, you're going to do this. You're going to do that. I kind of like to s expose and then sit back and watch and go, okay, so you had a different idea. You know, that's like my, my volleyball player turned theater junkie, you know, she's a, she's a drama kid now and she's, she can go out and play volleyball and she'll come out and play with us on the beach. But she's like, no, nah, I'm not doing this. I want to, I want to be in the play. Yeah. So she's practicing now she's practicing on zoom all day. But like, you know, for me, I knew volleyball and I'm like, Oh, I'm gonna put you into volleyball. And she's like, nah, my brother and sister play volleyball. I'm gonna do something else. Oh, I, we, I could definitely do scene work if she wants. I, I, yeah. That's oh, my, that's she my, would it's my major in college. She's is she a musicals person, straight theater? Or? Uh, yeah, she did. Well, she she's done musicals. She started with the her, the family theater in Hermosa. Now she's at Redondo, and she's been in two plays this year, all both on Zoom. Wait, this is the one at TCU? No, this is my fifteen year old. She's a sophomore. Oh, that's right. Redondo. Gotta, okay. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I don't work with I kids. Sent the TC, <laughs> I sent the TCU back. I, I sent TCU home last night because they're they're getting. They're probably going to get a season back there, so they have, you know, they'll start double days in a couple of weeks and nice. get going. So nice. So, so this guy, Doctor Raymond Elliot Brock, now he's coming to the house, right? Yeah. Because my mom bought a piano, so you're playing piano. Um, so now I don't notice it because he's touching my shoulder. You, you know, he's doing this. He's touching my back. You know, he tells me to run along. Tap. You know, some people tap little kids on the backside or whatever. Um, one day, um, one day at home in the house, in the house, I go to use the bathroom. I come out, and he's standing in the hallway, and he's got his his penis out, and he wants me to, me? and he wants me to touch his dick, right? And he wants he and perhaps like stroke it for him, and I'm like, no, I'm not doing that, right? So then he tried to like grab my hand and do it, and I'm like, nope, we're going back downstairs and whatever. So I kind of like blocked out everything. It was just weird, um, because prior to him, I already had a bout of sexual abuse attempted a, a sexual abuse by by someone else who you know uh, per, trying to protect i'm trying to protect the guilty here but um i'm like do i tell my mom you know and eventually i tell my mom my mom doesn't believe me because she's like i'm being oppositional she's like, I'm, I'm making up stuff because i don't want to to do piano because she wants me to um i tell my stepfather and my stepfather and my mom are just newly married and my father's like you know i don't know what to say that um 
did you talk to, you know, you got to talk to, you got to talk to your mother about this. Cause you know, he's like, I could do something about it, but you, but you know, no one, no one, no one will like the result, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. so he's, he's caught up in it. I'm caught up in it. And then one day he's coming for piano lessons and he's downstairs and he's playing the piano and I'm upstairs in my room and I'm, and I just tell my mom, I ain't coming downstairs. That was it. I just shut down a lot. Yeah. I shut it down. Um, cause that wasn't the first time he did that. So I just, I just locked it down. I said, nope, I ain't yeah. coming downstairs. And wait, and how old were you? Um, 13. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 12 going on 13. And the weird thing is after 13, all of my grades dropped. Like I was a, I was a, an A student and a couple of B's. And then from 13, pretty much till junior year in high school, uh, my mom was delighted if I even passed, <laughs> you, you know, um, it was just weird. I just, the homework was there and normally, normally if homework is there, or projects are there, someone gives it to me, I just do it. In fact, I do it as fast as I can because I don't want to do it. But then I'm lingering. I see it and I don't want to do it. And I see it and I'm, you know, I leave it in the room and I don't go into the room. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, I leave it on the computer and I don't go on the computer. This is later on yeah. in life, of course. So now um, it's weird because, and I only know about all this retrospectively, Wendy, but I did the same thing with my schoolwork. The same thing I did with him. I left it in a room and I refused to come out, you know? Yeah. Um, it's trauma. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's trauma in your body, you know, and that's the human response to unresolved trauma. And like, volleyball became my escapism. Yeah. Volleyball became my room where where I felt safe where no you know, where nobody could shame me, nobody could mess with me. In fact, yeah. no one even called me a freak. You know, volleyball we feel like the X Men of sports, right? You know, where we're we're just these 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 weirdos. Right. You know, I mean, OK. I, and there are some normal people, too. Um, uh, <laughs> but, um, um, yeah, but, so like, that, back, you know, back for, mm -hmm. for your age, I mean, like it's one thing to be playing men's or, you know, boys to men's volleyball in Southern California today, like back where you were, like on the East Coast and even where I was in the Central Valley, like it's a girl sport. Boys volleyball was not wasn't big. I mean, I have one coach. We had a, a legendary coach in Fresno that brought the guys that wanted to play down to Santa Barbara and, San, and Southern California so that they could get exposed to boys volleyball, you know, and we had some great teams. Isn't there always but, one? There's always one guy like that. And, and thank, thank the Lord, there's always one person like that. Yeah, exactly. He's a legend. I took Luke back this summer to play at his place. I mean, he's got this amazing setup beach court in his backyard. It's 105 outside and these boys are just grinding because they love to play, you know, and um, but you do it takes it takes that one person because back back in the day, there was not a lot of men's volleyball, boys volleyball, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's good that you found that place. Yeah. Because you got to have that safe place. You got to have that place that builds your confidence when you have the, you know, you're fighting something that traumatic. That's awful. And it's crazy because the only reason why I was able to look back at these things, because you can only do it retrospectively. You can't yeah. do it in the moment. You, you, just, there's just, there's just too much. Everything seems like it's five times as big. Your parents are like huge. This man, this piano teacher is huge. Um, and by the way, he, he'd show up with fresh bruises and they would say he got mugged and this and that. But I found out later that he um, tried to do it to one of the kids 
who were in the neighborhood of my school, you know, that did that. And every time the kids saw them, they beat them up. So, <laughs> so, cause it's Flatbush Avenue, it's Brooklyn, it's sooner or later, you know, whatever. So, but, um, so that, that was the story behind that. But for just like you, uh, Brooklyn, you know, I'm, I'm one school away from Lincoln High School. That's where Stephon Marbury went. Carmelo Anthony went here, this and that. So it's basketball and football country and baseball. Yeah. You know, the Italians love baseball. Um, and But John Dewey, which didn't have any sports teams, John Dewey High School in Brooklyn, mm -hmm. had a teacher, Kojak, played for Crail. Crail won nationals in 92 and I believe in the 80s as well. And I, don't, I still don't remember his real name. His nickname was Kojak and he taught French. He was a French okay. teacher. He wasn't even a gym teacher. And okay. he would offer something called power volleyball, him and, and a volleyball gym teacher who was a volleyball enthusiast named Roy Karuba. And they would just offer, you know, teach, uh, they would offer a, uh, this class called power volleyball. And then if you wanted to know more, we have this after school thing. So I would do that in after school, of course, because I wasn't doing my homework. <laughs> um, I would do that and I would hang out and do that. And eventually just became really really good three years later i ended up playing pro because i was i was one of these long arm i'm I'm like my body type was was meant to play sports so you have the you have the extended wingspan yeah yeah six eight man i'm six you one. have a six eight wingspan and yeah. what are you how tall are you six one <laughs> yeah that's that's impressive <laughs> you are meant for elite sports yeah but and back to this and, and i'll wrap this up because we have so much other fun stuff to talk about like i promised you didn't i promise you that um retrospective action for the people listening at home and the reason why i'm bringing this all this up is because like kanye west i'll bring it all back full circle and seem like a genius instead of a crazy crazy dude sometimes you need to look back in your past and see take two things and they don't actually have to one thing doesn't necessarily have to do with the other wendy right right like i got attempted molested by my piano teacher and then my grades dropped what is, huh? Where, where's the correlation, right? What does one thing have to do with the other? Maybe nothing, maybe everything. Yeah. That's the point I was trying to make. Um, I lean towards I lean towards the latter. Yeah. I'm a very big believer. It's all connected. You yeah. know, all, all of that's why the, you know, mind, body, spirit, like everything comes through our bodies. And I think as athletes, we understand that better. And the more we move our bodies, the more we understand what is trapped in there. But it's all it's all a nervous system response. You know what I mean? One hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. You ever see Silence of the Lambs? Oh yeah. Yeah. Silence of the Lambs. So the people listening at home, Hannibal Lecter, Hannibal the Cannibal, was uh, tricked a tricked an FBI rookie into a quid pro quo. You want information from me to catch this serial killer? You have to tell me something about you which is something that her boss instructed her not to do. He's like, you do not want this man inside your head. <laughs> yeah. Dr. Hannibal Lecter wasn't just, you know, I mean, a cannibal. He was, he was a, uh, what, he was a practicing psychiatrist, right? Yeah. Um, so the reason why I'm bringing this up is because he asked her, you feel like if you catch this serial killer, Buffalo Bill, that these lambs that you hear screaming at night will stop screaming. Um, because if you remember, she, she, her uncle slaughtered lambs and she let them all out one night. And then the uncle got mad and like sent her away and then caught all the lambs and killed them all. So she has these nightmares. She can hear them screaming at night. So the question was, do you feel like if you catch Buffalo Bill that, that, that the nightmares would be done? Basically, in essence, that's the question. Her answer was, I don't know. <laughs> and he said, thank you, Clarice. <laughs> 
that's you, you know what i'm saying that's the answer it's not even about answering the questions it's just about looking back right and that is yeah. the uh, for your daughter who's in theater right now that's that's big the retrospective action oh, is cute. is as she continues to, to get older and and be able to reflect on life experience at life experience to to, uh, to play a role as opposed to you know being younger and doing you know stanislavski or meisner type stuff um yeah. very 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 important you know so it's so true yeah, yeah. it's it's yeah. And it's, it's actually making me think of, um, you didn't bring up any books, but, um, Matthew McConaughey wrote a book this year called green lights and okay. obviously talking about acting and, and, you know, his journey in Hollywood, but the stories of his life and the way they play into his acting, like, seriously, I think it's the book of the year and it's, it it's for anybody that's looking for wisdom and a good story, but it's, it's really fascinating. Just his take on Hollywood and, um so going to that like how your life influences your art it's it it was really good i like matthew mcconaughey because i get a sense i don't know him personally but i mean um i'm good at reading people and when i'm wrong i'm wrong but most of the time i'm right he strikes me as the person that treats everybody the same i He's would agree someone where he can know somebody that can do something for him and he treats them nice or he can see a homeless guy on the street and sit with him and share food with him and, and talk to him the same way as if they're people. Yeah. You know, that's, 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 that's my favorite type of person. And everybody's like, Oh, my friends are like, Oh, Jason, that's everyone. I'm like, nah. no, it's not. No, no, it's not. You're very much like that. You, you, you treat everybody the same across the board. And I, and I like that. Um, look, we have loved ones. We have family that we're going to, we're going to, we're going to have a little extra sauce, a little more a one on that steak, but, but across the board and you notice about me, I can talk to Shaquille O'Neal or there's a homeless guy who's crazy talking to himself and sits next to me and starts talking to me and I train. I get up the same conversation. I, I look at them both the same way. I'm very, very rarely in awe of someone based on what they've done in the past. I'm very, very rarely in awe of someone like that. I'm only in awe of people who may have done something in the past and still emote this, that, yeah. that presence that makes you go, oh, holy shit. I like yeah. That. Oh, it's, it's all about presence. Right. I mean, yeah. and I can't, I, the only, I think the thing I have the least tolerance for, because I do feel like, like I'm really big on, on fairness and how we, how we treat people, but man, elitist, anything that comes off as elitist to me, I'm like, can I get out of here, please? Yeah. Like that is, that is when I'm talking, that's, that's where I disconnect. But anything else, man, just bring me, I think we were talking about this the other night. Um, you know, just give me real, like, and I, I'll take any story. Just make, just give it to me straight. Yeah. And for you, it's even more important because you, for you, you're one of these people like, okay, there's 24 hours in the day. And, and then you look back at the end of the day. Did I waste my time doing that? <laughs> did I waste my time on Jason's podcast? Oh, no. I just lost an hour of my life talking. <laughs> no, but I, I think, you know, you see where I'm getting that, you yeah. know? No, um, I never feel like that with you. I think the same reason why people like gravitate towards us, and I'll use my, only myself as an example, is the same reason why a lot of people don't like me. You know, because there are certain people that, and I'll just use volleyball as an example. There's certain people that other people are in awe of that I just talk to and talk about like a regular person. 
And they're just like, what do you, who do you think you are? You know how many championships this guy's won? You know, this and that. And they're just like, you, you, you should be asking for his autograph. You know, you should be on your knees thanking him. He's, he plays a sport for us. And I, I don't, that's not how I operate. That's not how I operate. You know, I'm sorry. I don't, I'm don't, I, a lot of people and players, since I'm on this thing and I'm going to bring it back positive, there are players out there who don't like me because I'm not in all of them. I'm not, I don't sorry yeah. <laughs> you, know, yeah. you you play you do this one thing volleyball this is a volleyball podcast but not really volleyball players okay at every level listen to me listen to me you do this one thing this one thing better than most people and some of you are alpha males and you think because you do this one thing you do every uh everything else better than everybody else watching you play and and some of y'all some of y'all just need to chill <laughs> some of y'all need to chill and and those people I'm not going to mention, but the people who I uh, who treat everyone the same across the board, I will highlight. You know, uh, yeah. um, can I? Um, and this is rare because I don't even talk about him or talk to him that much. Taylor Crab. Um, I liked Taylor Crab before he hit the beach scene. He played for an indoor team called Hustle and Flow, which was a mixture of East Coast and West Coast guys. My boy Luis Mendez set for the Dominican national team. Frankie Valdez played with me at Balmeso. You know, won nationals twice. Um, and everybody's like, that's a cool dude. That's, that, that, that dude's straight up and down. He's, he's young. He's, it's 2013, I think. And they won nationals. They, only, they, they sandbagged. They played double A. But, um, and, <laughs> but the outside hitters were Taylor Sander and Taylor Crabb. You know? And solid. like, just through word of mouth, I knew he was a chill dude before he even. So I was, I'm not a fan of his game. I'm a fan of his attitude. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, only, I'm only a fan of... I'm a fan of the sport, but I'm I, I rarely a fan of a particular player. Brandy Wilkerson is one. I'm a fan. All right? oh, uh, Taylor's brother, fan, Taylor's again, brother, Trevor Crab, hybrid, just can do it all, can play defense, this and that. I'm I'm, I'm a fan. It is what it is. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry, talk to me about Brandy. Sorry, is that what was that? Oh gosh, no. I mean, I, well, I just I love watching her block. I mean, that is she is in. She's such an incredible blocker that. I just I, I love watching her, but but I also you know I follow her on Instagram and the, and it's the message behind the athlete is so solid. Mm -hmm. It's so inspired. It's so you know wellness based and caring for other people. And she's a light. So I'm always way more interested in the story behind the athlete mm -hmm. than the athlete itself. But and then when you watch him play, the game becomes more beautiful if you know part of the story. Yeah, to me, the, their game is a bonus to is a bonus added to who they are, not the other way around. Who they are is not added as a bonus to their game, you know. So, yeah. and, and that's the difference between me and other people. And I'm not playing playing judge there because that's just how people, uh, uh, um, that's how their 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 train of thought streamlines. It streamlines this way, yeah. it streamlines this way, or, or that way. Mine mine goes that way, and it is what it is. But yeah, but Taylor, um, thought he's a cool dude before that and then in new york i think his first qualifier he played with spencer mclaughlin um who's now the assistant coach at ucla um i think he's well, he's back with spara and taylor played 100 degree weather with a freaking with a sweater low with sleeves or whatever in the qualifier he had to qualifier you yeah. know and then the song in the back in the background was dirty white boy <laughs> so now every time i see him I think of the song Dirty White Boy. Now, this is 2015, 2016, maybe. Taylor, if he's listening, and he might be, because he did, um, Taylor did our um, our Pick 6 Challenge, our NFL Pick 6 Challenge last nice. week with me and Rob. So he's 5-1, and one, you know? His brother was 1-5, so I'm going to tease him. <laughs> but, um, but 
So that was the first time I saw him. And then what what put the um the 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 icing on the on the on the cake was when he won New York. Um and I was doing the beat for one on one. Um he gave me a telephone interview when he was had to board a plane. So instead of boarding, he actually sat outside of the boarding area for 21 minutes, 22 minutes uh, and gave me the interview. And that was like you know, you think of Terrell, you think of party animal, you think of this just wild, this guy whose nightlife, um, you know, makes you think they's got, they got like four people carrying him to the sand and just throwing him in the middle and go play, you know, uh, like Brad Pitt from like um, Snatch, like when he gets knocked down the, on the gate, the, the gate, they pick him up with the gate. No, but the dude runs a tight ship, he's professional, he's courteous, and as a foundation, the way I see him treat everybody across the board straight up and down you know i'm a, so i'm a fan more more so i'm a fan of, as far as game i'm more of a fan of his brother than him but mm -hmm. as far um as far as like who a, who a person is and how you treat people across the board and i guess both of them are like that you know i'm sorry about that and, and the father's like that whatever but that's the kind of human being i'm 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 i'm, I'm in all of his attitude his game yeah. his game yeah listen he's a beach player and until you want to go i don't think there's anything you know, to me, the gold, the gold is it. If you're not gold, you got work to do. <laughs> That's it, right? Gold is, there is an end game for volleyball, the Olympic gold medal. <laughs> okay. Yeah, So, sure. um, yeah. I'm an off Dane, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Okay, talk about beating the odds. You've been in yeah. this game for a, a while, Wendy, with me. Come on. I mean, who who you think picked Dane and Eric to win the gold? I'll wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah? impressive um yeah so those are the reasons why i think a lot of people like me uh, as much as they dislike me because my yeah. attitude my attitude personifies um who i want to associate with who i want to talk to well and I, like i said you you do seem to and i i liked it and not to switch gears but even on all the political stuff you've been talking about like you do your research and you don't you you don't um you don't play into like identity politics you don't play into you know you you say one thing so you think you can be typecast across the board you know it, it's 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 really doing the research and knowing the experience that you have you know you, you people can't put you in a they can't they can't slot you so you know that that frustrates people too you know because you're not beholden so no I'm I, um for me for politics. I don't know who said this quote. One cannot be betrayed if one doesn't have a be have a people. Um, mm -hmm. So my loyalty is to the truth, and yeah. the truth can if the truth can um, can never betray you. The truth just does. I mean, you, you betray yourself if you don't want to accept the truth, <laughs> you know. But the yeah. truth, um, and I'm not talking about facts. I'm talking about what you what you feel in your heart that moment, then and there, um, yeah. because facts as as the facts change, our opinions change too, right? Like. Right. I grew up hating gay people. I don't hate gay people. I love gay people. In fact, I'm gay for Brandon Clemens, you know. <laughs> Talk about ultimate reversals, right? Uh, <laughs> but you're right about the whole political spect uh, spectrum thing. And I think I can say the same thing about you. No one, no one can even um, begin to guess what, what, what your political affiliation is. I, if, if, if you have one and there ain't nobody, <laughs> no, no, don't nobody know it, ain't nobody going to know it. So... Yeah, because I'm just I'm a big believer in, yeah. in listening, you know, and knowing that like 
we all like wherever whatever our story has been is going to mm. influence our politics or what we think about things and if you have the ability to listen to someone else you're going to learn something and you're you should change your mind along the way and i would say if you're gonna if you're gonna pick a pick a side uh a citing as a pretext values and yeah. being an honorable person okay yeah. uh, uh, um citing as a pretext those values don't lie, don't play yourself don't lie to yourself like recently i posted that um trump wanted um a bigger check for stimulus or whatever and like oh, yeah. cnn was saying oh he didn't he never mentioned this before oh this comes at the 11th hour and this and that and i and before i go on you you know i didn't vote for trump you know i don't even like the guy i don't, I don't care much for him he's and you know between him and mitch mcconnell he's the human stain on the underwear of life so i'll just say that as a, as a whatever but when you're wrong and when you're wrong and when you're right you're right so basically i posted cnn's not telling the truth He's mentioned July in July when, when everyone got the 1200 bucks or whatever. He yeah. wanted $2,000. He wanted, uh, and I'm like, he's mentioned it in July. Uh, he's not mentioned it now. So what happens is all of my friends on the left, they all tack in and they're like, well, you know, he didn't mean it. You know, uh, he's saying it now because it benefits him and this and that. And I'm just like, okay, two things. He's gone. He's done. Yeah. It doesn't benefit him. You know, he doesn't, if you think he's doing it to cement a positive note in his legacy, fine that's isn't that what we all want we want someone to finish on a positive note where if you think there's some negativity i mean unless you just you just hate the guys uh, more than i do um um and two um and this god this is important but the thought kind of escaped me he has if like i was back to the values thing yeah you can't you should not lie yeah to, to get your point across because you've already said that when they go low, we go high, right? When you've already said those things. So you, if you are willing to just accept uh, something that's not true because there's so many things, uh, other things about him that are bad, then what have you become? Yeah. You know, uh, oh, it's all fair game now? No, it's not. No, 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 no. It's not what you said. You, you, you said, I'm with this party because of values, because of integrity, because of honor. You know, oh, and they, all they do is lie, but yet, you're willing to accept a lot. Oh, well, this is just one. And I'm like, that's, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about this one particular thing, you know, and if it's a straw man argument, then just admit that you're wrong. Admit that I'm right on this one and admit that they're wrong and move on. Right. Nobody if does that. Nobody does that anymore. Like they pick their side. And then if something comes up on their side that doesn't serve that argument, mm -hmm. they just ignore it. Yep. Right. Yeah. And it happens on both sides. So, you know, yep. that's what I like about when I read your posts. I'm like, yeah, see, he's, you yeah. know, no one can peg you. So, no, I I, I, yeah, I'm going to toot my own horn, man. I, I thought that, that there are people that are getting paid to keep to, to making a lot of money to keep people on opposite sides. Yeah. You know, the, the, there's ratings, there's, there's people that have a job, you know, there's um, Fox News. I was watching about like how this, this former politician objected to the, two thousand dollar whatever because I, look that why should i take money out of my pocket and put it in yours and i'm like dude you're a liar 
Yeah. You're a liar. First of all, it's not coming out of your pocket. Second of all, it's it's uh, several. It's coming out of our pockets. So what what this guy was doing was trying to draw a line between a uh, say, oh, it's us. We're this group of people that's paying all this tax, and these people that are receiving all this money is not. No, 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 no. This, it our federal tax dollars is for what? It's for insurance. Insurance meaning in case shit, okay? In case shit meaning COVID, <laughs> right? So yeah. it's it's basically uh, um, it's a catch twenty two, right? Like, do you want to you want things to open up, and in order to, to have make things open up, don't give people money, don't give people money, and allow things to shut down. You know, I mean, that's that. Yeah, I mean, so that's it, the tactic. It, it's, this has been people keep saying like oh we could have if we could have just done it like europe and this has been incredibly challenge challenging as americans because mm -hmm. we don't operate like europe you no. know i mean you go over to, to to holland and families are getting paid seven thousand dollars a month just to exist that doesn't happen in america so when you're closing you know small businesses what i've hated about all this is that you know and i no. the targets of the the targets of the world get to exist the you know, the Amazons and Amazon's been huge in delivering necessary goods. I'm not, but the big guys get to exist and the, all the little guys are out there struggling, closing, dying. And where, at what point, like, where is the, the common sense that's actually, what's the through line on, you know, getting rid of COVID? Like how, how is it that, that these big guys get to, we can all stand in line in a target, but we can't go you know, get our nails done. You know what I mean? There's been such a tough deal in the science of all of this. And and what's to me, what's been remarkably tough is when, when people lose confidence in their leaders, then you don't know what to believe, right? So when we have people making rules that they themselves don't follow, we lose confidence as people. And then all of a sudden we're all over the place and the, and the thing is spreading and it's real and people are dying and no one knows what to believe. And know? I think those officials hurt the cause because instead of actually solving problems and ex instead of listening to medical medical warnings, not just advice, but medical warnings, um, they turned it into a finger pointing competition, right? Like, yeah, like Newsom, you're an idiot. You know, um, that governor from Texas, Republican governor, you're an idiot. You know, Cuom uh, Andrew Cuomo, New York. In the beginning, you were an idiot. New York got turned into ground zero, and now, and now, you know, I don't blame him for not. Honestly, I don't blame him for not trusting anybody. Oh, oh, he doesn't trust the vaccine, and I'm like, dude, can you blame him? Yeah. <laughs> can you blame him? Um, <laughs> there's two things wrong with this. The hypocrisy one leads to, to finger pointing, and finger pointing is a distraction from what's really going on. People are losing yeah. their, you know, I mean. You can't spend eight hours a day yelling you're right and they're wrong, and then when you you, you look in the fridge and there's food on the table and you got to feed your family, there's there's nothing there. I mean, what what does that do for you, right? You know, I yeah. mean, active as the messages don't don't put food on the table, right? You know, right. Um, there's a rap song called Self Destruction, but Ice Ice Cube said Self Destruction can't pay the fucking rent. <laughs> um, you can either sell dope or get a job, <laughs> you know. So, um, um, yeah, I. I agree with you. And I, I, the other problem I have with this is um, everybody says trust the science. And I think people need to be careful because science itself is based based on 
questioning things that we accept as facts. Science yeah. evolves. And uh, uh, that's what I meant by when the facts change, so do our opinions. So oh. sci scientific fact or, uh, to me is, sure. an, is, an, oxymor mean, we, is an oxymoron. <laughs> yeah, what we knew in March, what we knew in March versus what we know now. And, you know, it's like when you put those two things together, but then you have the breakdown in leadership you know, we haven't evolved very well, in my opinion, like, you know, if, if we're going to say what we think, I, you know, I, I think kids should be back in school. And, you know, I, and there's a lot of science that points towards, you know, them being a low risk, you know, and, and giving families the option, obviously, to, to, you know, have online education, if, if that's what works for them, because of their living situation, or who they're exposed to. But, you know, there have been a lot of mental health implications. And, it's been really hard on families and kids to not be in school. And it really is scaring me that I don't think they're learning. I think we're, we're going to see repercussions from this year and what kids know going into the next grade. Like there is going to be an educational kickback backlash of they're not learning what they, and that's not even a cut on the teachers. I'm watching my kids do zoom school. I'm watching these teachers do everything they can, but it's tough, you know? So I'd like yeah. to see kids go back to school. I would too. I would, but I mean, if kids are going to choose to go back to school, they need to know how to take care of things at home first, right? I mean, kid, um, the 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 biggest thing that people are missing, as far as the science or as far as the social aspect of COVID is concerned, is that okay, I'm more immune to it. I'm going to be fine. Oh, I'm young. Oh, I'm strong. Kids are young. Kids are whatever. That's not. It's not about how they are. It's right. about. Oh, yeah who they bring it to, yes, you know, and I think that's one of the most ignored things. And I think um, I'm not just talking to you, uh, talking to you about why I disagree with you. I'm talking about why I agree with you, but for different reasons. I think if they're going to do that, they need to make sure they, ch they change their situation at home. If they have an elderly person, make sure, make sure that elderly, oh, yeah. make sure it's a bigger space, make sure that person's quarantined or whatever. Yeah. If, if you're privileged enough to have, yeah. and, and, to have, yeah, to have space in your like, home. Right. I mean, there's just so much individual, every single case is so different. That's what's made this whole thing so hard, you know? Not true that. I'm going to give you some volume. All right. So, but yeah, but for me, that's what I want everyone to be careful of. I want people to be careful because we were warned that there was another wave coming in October, you know? So, I, I mean, the, so there's a lot perpetuated saying, oh, the government says, oh, we did this, it would go away. They, they never, you know, that's, they never said that. <laughs> they never said that. They said, look, this, this is the best chance that uh, hospitals not being overrun. This is the best chance of you staying safe. And by the way, there's another wave coming in October. And mm -hmm. we were warned about that. And and we're suffering the, the, the results of that because it's right. The, the cases went yeah. up, the deaths went up. Um, yeah. I was pretty sure Kelly had it. You know, my girl, I was pretty sure I had it. I don't, I'm pretty sure I had it twice, <laughs> you know? Yeah, um, it's, it's definitely in our psyche. Like, I think anytime we feel sick, you know, that's, but, but it does become the concern. Like I haven't had it. Um, you know, my, my sister's had it. No, but actually my sister has it right now. Um, but none of my, um, and my daughter had it in Texas, but it, it, it affects everybody so differently. And, and it's not about being worried when Lauren got it, I wasn't scared for her. You know, I really, you know, she, she had great care. She was kind of sick. She was fine, but she luckily was isolated in Texas and not bringing it home. Not, you know, 
and she got it in time to get better so that she could come home. So that was, it, it's like everything is, it's just, it's been so dicey and it really puts a lot of mental strain on people. Cause every time you feel like a little tickle in your throat, you think, oh, should I, should I leave the house? You know, like, am I gonna, if you're a caring person, you don't want to spread it. You know, it's not so much about it affecting you. Yeah. And, and you don't, and you know, the crazy thing is like you, you I think whoever, is in charge of the whole medical thing just test everybody just test everybody don't say you can't be tested because you don't have any symptoms when in the same breath in the same breath you're saying oh you could have no symptoms and still have it so i'm like right you know you're scaring the shit out of people you know now someone's gonna have chest pains from stress you know that's where i think my yeah. chest pains have been coming from uh i've had some shortness of breath and some chest pains or whatever that i need to see somebody about but um i just found that i got tested twice and i'm not i'm not it's not covid related but now 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 it's a, a it's a new problem it's a big problem something that i've never had before you know mm -hmm. but like you said this is going to affect a lot of people psychologically and in, and scientifically in other ways because uh, stress stress can be a big uh, a real thing you know yeah <laughs> yeah like yeah. um and that's where I hold our, our um, I'm, not, I'm trying not to get into politics too much, but where I hold our politicians' feet to the fire, right? Um, it is our collective tax dollars. It is our insurance, our insurance meaning yeah. in case stuff. You know, um, to quote somebody, he says, what about the people who are supposed to be able to help out most? Congress. Um, if you can protect companies from potential future litigation, if you consider that it's equal to the emergency of getting uh, kids the help they need, the families the money they need, you know, because they're starving, what the hell does that say about them? What the hell does that say about certain the certain the people we've elected? You know, um, yeah. too much relief for the unemployed. Can't do that. Make it makes them not want to work, which was another one of my favorite lies. Do you believe there's a positive incentive to exist on less than minimum wage? <laughs> Tell tell that to a 13-year-old girl in Texas pleading for gifts for her three siblings and for her parents writing this year that this year has been tough on them because of COVID because the only money they have is just to pay the rent if they can make the rent, you know? Um, we blame the needy and protect the greedy. Yeah. And now everyone's like, oh, he's a socialist. No, 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 I'm not a socialist. I'm saying something that that even if you're a cap capitalist, you cannot deny no, pure, it, a pure capitalist will 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 agree with me. We yeah. protect the uh, the the needy, the greedy, and blame the needy. <laughs> yeah, and that's where that's where you know this whole idea of conscious capitalism comes in, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not the dollar above all else, but what we show most of the time is it is the dollar above all, all else. And you, if you don't consider the human condition and bring the you know the story of the people into the process, then you know we've lost it. And I do think like when you get to those the higher levels of power structures, that's what we've lost. Yeah. And that's why I prefer to just, you know, we're saying like, I don't want to get too deep into politics. I don't either because I, I really, as much as I follow it, I really just prefer to focus on human connection and the conversations and, and, and being the best I can be every day and figuring that that's what I have to contribute to the world because to run for office and I grew up, my, my dad served in office. He's an absolute, you know, patriot, um, humble. And I always say like, he's my opinion, love my dad. He would have made a great president. He would have made a great governor because, but he was too humble. Like he didn't have the, he didn't go to the highest levels because he really was so humble. And it takes when, what you see working in Washington and Sacramento and in politics, there is an ego that 
I am so not attracted to as much as I love to follow the stories. Like I just want to, I'd rather connect with people and just be real. And I you mean, just don't see that. And I can appreciate that because it's something that you can control. Yeah. Just like volleyball, there are certain controllables and there's certain things you yep. can't control or whatever, just, such as life. And I think that's the cool thing about what volleyball teaches us, right? The um, Wow. Yep. The controllable thing, that's the same thing with life. Yeah. What, you're, what you're talking about are things that you can control. You yeah. Know, um, Aaron Wexler is very much like you in that respect. Aaron Wexler is a form a podcaster yeah. like myself, um, former um, UCLA libero standout um, and is the program director for West Coast Volleyball, which to me is top two, top three, you know, one of the top three beach clubs in the United States of America. Nice. Um, oh, oh, and by the way, he's a great human being. <laughs> yeah, and that, that, that's what goes the distance, right? And then you turn out good athletes, so you are a good athlete, you, you know, you appreciate what you have. It's all that stuff. Yeah, man. I also um, had a conversation about this is going to be a real leap off the cliff from what we're talking about. Um, I had um, Bree Scarborough on the podcast. And eventually we got into this conversation about transgender in sports. Because I was getting all kinds of messages from my friend because my favorite congresswoman, Tulsi Gabbard, um, was trying to push a bill called the Women's Prote uh, Rights Protection Act or something like that. That everybody thought was code for um, transphobia. And basically it's vetting the process of um allowing transgender athletes um mm -hmm. like it's basically it's really focused about around having male transgender tra male transgender athletes playing women's sports Oof. so which is a touchy subject because you can't be self-honest without sounding like a bigot you, um, yeah uh, for That's the people who, no for the people who are opposed to it and, and when I say bigot, everyone thinks bigot's like this negative thing or whatever because bigot means you're set in your ways and you're stubborn and you're this or that. And in, in the classic sense of the term, it's not wholeheartedly accurate. You're not, you're not a bigot. You're just trying to, you know, protect yourself, right? Like yeah. if someone's pointing a gun in my face, I'm not, you know, I don't want them to not point a gun in my face because I'm against guns. <laughs> I just don't want him to point a gun in my face because he might shoot me, you know. Oh, and by the way, I love guns. I'm big Second Amendment, so that's a bad example. Okay. Um, guns and gay people, remember? I like my guns and my gay yeah, people. Yeah, see, I, that's yeah. what I mean. No one can put you in a box, Jason. Yeah. Um, so I'd like to give you my, my stance, which some would consider controversial, but here's my stance. And I'll use mixed martial arts as an example. There's a fighter, an MMA fighter, Fallon Fox. I think the record right now, her, his or her record now is 21 and one. Um, former male made the transformation to a female and within eight months was fighting in a, the women's 135 pound division and is just fucking starching women. Just, just boom, boom, knockout, boom, finished, boom, ground and pound, boom. And upon reading like the science and as far as hormonal transformation and taking hormonal medications, which is which is a whole different thing for uh, um, combat sports because there are lists of banned substances you're not, to, not allowed to do. So now there has to be a, a, a medical exception, an exemption for people who are transgenders who are trying to, I guess, make the complete transformation to a woman. And all of uh, most of most, if not all of the science points to a year and a half to two years of the tr the transformation and and just 
you know, um, the bone density, I don't even know how they, they get into that. But um, and maybe we should have had a doctor on this episode. But but I can only speak in terms of our, my wheelhouse and your wheelhouse. We're elite athletes. You're 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 a volleyball player. You're a power mom. You know you're a commentator. You're you're neck deep into the sport like I I do. So our opinion matters, if not uh, more, just as much as a medical professional on this. Because what we see with our our, our eyes and what our experience tells more of a truth than than a theory that's supported by by peers. You know, um, not saying science is a lie, guys. Don't get offended. So when I see someone. I got, I got two things from this. When I see someone whose whose record is twenty one and one, and before the science says he should be allowed to be like to to be considered a woman, is murking people, breaking faces, skulls, jaws, um, just just. I mean, it's a hurt business. I get that, but it looks like a domestic abuse, uh, like a, 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 a domestic abuse case, and so one. Not saying this this person should be banned or not, but to say we shouldn't have a conversation is not bigoted. That's bullshit. That is bullshit. And two, on a humorous note, I looked at the twenty one and one record. I was like, "Who is the one win? <laughs> who's who's the one woman? Who is the one woman that said I'm not having this?" That's, Papa. <laughs> That's the story. That's the story I want. <laughs> so after further research, um, I'm, my second point, and the floor is yours in a minute. Um, it was Leslie Smith. Leslie Smith is an elite fighter, fought in the UFC for a little bit, and she was the one that beat Fallon Fox. That was Fallon Fox's only loss. But getting back to my first point, and this is where I present it to you, we need to have a conversation. Yeah. It's, I mean, it could, because it's not going, that, that conversation's not going anywhere and elite sports are going to be affected by this and all the way down to, I mean, we can talk all the way down, you know, college, high school, you know, that like it is, it is a absolute conversation that is going to be going forward in sports and we need to have an open conversation. That's not a hurtful conversation. And really there is so much psychological you know, people want to belong, right? I mean, you got to get down to the root issue of people want to belong and feel like they can be themselves and be accepted by other people, right? But when you come down, when it comes down to sports, you know, I don't know all the medical background. I know that I know from experience, there is a huge difference between a man and a woman. So, and along the lines of being a woman and being a man, there are different hormonal balances. There are different, like you say, bone density, you know, muscle fiber, everything. We're all different on some small level, but the sports that I've played, you know, volleyball when you're playing co-ed is a lot different than volleyball when you're playing with, with girls or I was a swimmer. Um, I wasn't racing against like the men were swimming the 200 free faster than the women were swimming the 200 free right? Like you are, we are who we are. And the more that medical science changes and the more advancement we have in being able to change, you know, kind of meld that psychological with the actual physical medical changes. That's a really big conversation because when I have those conversations, I never want someone to feel like they have to be less than who they are. 
And I think that goes again, that goes for any, you know, any gender orientation. Nobody should have to be less than who they are. But when we're competing against each other, what what's the standard? Like where where are those numbers? What is the like, you know, testosterone and estrogen and and bone density and all of that? Like there is sheer strength that a man has. I love being a woman, but I know that I could go to the gym and I can get pretty darn strong, but I'm not going to be as strong as a six foot tall male that is doing the same, you know, on average, that's doing the same thing I'm doing. So it's, it's a tough one. And it's definitely, that's not going to, that's, that's, to me, that's an emerging argument that's going to, it's, it's going to have to take a pretty long path. And I think a lot of people are going to have to weigh in on, but you know, it's going to reach the highest levels of sports. And I do think it's going to come all, you know, come into college and even high school. So yeah, it's, um, it's, it's a tough one. And it's, and I think it's separate conversations too. I yeah. think um, women, transgender women playing in men's sports, transgender men playing in women's sports. Yeah. I think they, people need to be careful not to have one conversation about this and, and have oh. them lumped in the same, because for me, women participating in men's sports is more of a climb for just general equality um yeah steering away from sports and going back to sports like uh, women in the military right yeah for years i don't know what the military is doing now what they're up to but um women are were not allowed to be in um combat situations like women in combat were not allowed to serve in the infantry or you know not allowed to to go operational with rangers or or navy seals or you know uh, arm, uh, green berets army delta um all of these members of the uh, uh, respected respected um what respected um Special divisions support. in the spec ops community yeah all right now the problem with women not being allowed in those things is that the room to be promoted up the chain of command is faster when you serve in those positions. Direct support, you know, there's certain people that are gonna get promotions because if you don't have enough leaders in those positions, um, they have cutoff scores, you know, the, the cutoff scores drop when you need more people in that position. That's just for enlisted people. I'm not even gonna talk about officers yet. Um, yeah. But if you get more awards, you get more promotion points. You get more promotion points, you get promoted up the chain of command faster. So. Like you said, there has to be a discussion like if women are supposed to advance and, and attain rank and climb up the chain of command and become commanders and leaders themselves um, at the same speed as men, what are you going to do about it? So, I mean, so I've always had a sub, well, I've always had a separate hypocritical argument. Sorry, go ahead. Well, I, you know, it makes me think, and I've never been in the military, and I think you can, you know, all of these things can be transferred. You can go from sports to the military to corporate America, you know. Female firefighters, it, whatever, yeah. Right, and and a lot of it comes down to what the what's with the what's the culture, right? Like, what's the leadership culture that is that that exists in that arena? And because I do think even you know, men and women lead differently, mm -hmm. you know, and and. So what's the culture that's going to be respected and does something need to change in those arenas? Because I'm just, I'm reading a book right now called Cassandra Speaks and it's all about, um, you know, what if, what if our history, it sounds very feminist, but she actually comes to a very um, non-blaming, 
you know, gender open conclusion that like there are no winners, there are no losers, but what, you know, if women tell the story, the story comes out differently, right? It comes out, it, we tell a different story, we lead differently than, than men lead. So what's the culture in these institutions and these organizations that if you promote a woman through the military, does that work in the culture? And I'm not saying that like you shouldn't. I, I I'm I'm very, you know, I'm a strong female. I believe in strong females, but I do acknowledge the difference between a man and a woman. And then knowing like, okay, if we need to change some things, then let's let's figure out what we need to change. Let's figure out what, you know, what values need to be celebrated to elevate a woman in a position that we haven't had a woman leading in before, right? So because in the military, I, I don't think women haven't reached the highest chains of command. Right? But I, I, And I believe that it has a lot to do with, uh, um, again, units, units, battalions or companies that they're not allowed to participate in that, that um, are speedier, uh, um, speedier, you know, moving up on the chain of command. Uh -huh. You know, you get yeah. promoted faster if you're, you know, if you're, if you go yeah, operational. If you, if you don't have those opportunities, then you're going to stay in your rank. Right. I mean, yeah. my grandmother served in World War Two, but mm -hmm. she was a secretary, you mm -hmm. know, and she was a secretary to all the different generals. So yeah. she was up at the very, you know, top, but she was she was the secretary. Right. Yeah. And they wanted to send her all over the world because she was really good at what she did. Yeah. But she was a woman. And so the path was way, way different than what it was for the for the men. And and the reason why I'm bringing all this up, Wendy, is because this bill which is designed to protect women. Um, I need to have, I need to hear female voices. The last mm -hmm. thing I want to do and talk about like male athletes and playing women's sports is whatever, is to have a whole bunch of my male friends get together and say, all right, boys, this is what we're going to do. You know, ain't, ain't none of them trans people, ain't, ain't none of them trans testicle people going to do this. They ain't going to do that. No, 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 you do not want to have this as when I say let's have a conversation or we, when I said in the beginning we need to have a conversation this yeah. conversation should not be a room full of men it should not be a room full of men if it if you if we are citing as a pretext what is right and, not, and what is wrong because we're trying to protect our female comp, uh, counterparts how about have some women in the room and then see if see how they feel we cannot have this conversation with a room full of men and i just said it like five times because <laughs> for the people listening i need you to uh, i need to pound this to your thick happy heads all right um story Growing yeah, up, I, Brooklyn, Chester Court, right? Dead End yeah. Street. Um, so Flatbush is a very loud neighborhood, but Chester Court is this cul-de-sac, and it's a very quiet block. So if you ever see the Cosby show, there's like these little brownstones and these gingerbreads. Quiet yeah. blocks and loud neighborhoods. And the good kids stay their ass on the block. They don't go off the block. That's me, <laughs> all right? And that's me. So, so I, I, know, I know a gangster when I see one, but I wasn't one, all right? But you know one when you see one. So, so... We're looking, you know, pretty much. We're we're, we're porch. We're porch, sitting on the porch chilling. My dad liked to smoke, and we see someone run run on the block. And there's this fence that's six feet high, and he looks like he's running from someone. He looked like he did something bad, but and if I, if I, and he's being chased by the cops basically. So he sees the fence. He gets a running start, and he jumps. And he uses like one hand as an assist. He splits his legs, one hand as an, as an assist, and jumps over this fence that's like six feet high. Just, just gone. He's just trying to get away. So the cops run and he sees him. And the cop, 
jumps on the fence, both hands, leg over, topple, boom, goes after him. And then like 10 seconds later, short female, wide, wider than the mother, right? Says, waddling along, she, she goes to climb the fence, and she can't, and then she just turns on the flashlight and just looks. And my father said, he said something very sexist. He said, "This is why females shouldn't be shouldn't be cops. I'd rather have the guy that could take him down and live than the female who's gonna pull out a gun and shoot him." And I was like, "No, no, 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 Dad. You just want cops that could do the job, all right?" So this is when I started thinking more out of my mailbox because um, when I told the story to um, Kelly, to my to my 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 life force, my significant other, my world, she was like, "But what do you say about?" the short fat male cops who are five foot five and can't climb that fence and and would rather shoot a gun or whatever do you want them you know why wouldn't you why wouldn't you why would you make this argument just against females why would you you know why would you why wouldn't you just make this argument against anybody that's not qualified to do the job so that's why so bringing it back full circle again you know what does it have to do with anything to me, that's why I've always made the argument about females doing male positions. I've never made a huge argument about transgender females playing male sports, even though men think the argument should be equal. Oh, it should be equal. It, and no, it, can't, it shouldn't and it can't for reasons of the story I just told you. Yeah. You know, because in my mind, as a male, and I'm a teenager at this time, and I'm like, oh my God, look at this, look at this chick. Look at this, look at this, look at this short woman. Oh, look at this female cop, you know, trying to, trying to, trying, can't climb over the fence, man. I think I'm, I, man, that kid gonna die if there were two of them, <laughs> you know? And then again, someone had to bring it, you know, like, uh, because yeah. I'm open-minded, people had, to, you know, I'm, I'm mad young, I'm 14. Um, people are like, would you want a, a male cop like that? And I'm like, no, <laughs> right? And that's right. the way I, that's why I feel about female women in the infantry. Yeah. Right. Uh, um, look, if the obstacle course is you have to climb over this big ass wall, and you and you put a step there for a woman, if you got to put the step there, she shouldn't be. She shouldn't. She shouldn't pass the O course. Yeah. But if if a man can't climb, can't scale that wall because he's too short, he shouldn't either. And that, and that, but that was the point I was trying to make with women in the military. And that's the point I'm trying to segue and why I haven't thought about female transgender athletes playing male sports that much. Because they're already, because yeah. if we're willing to concede that men are already the stronger sex, they're yeah. already coming into this with a huge disadvantage. Right. Please. And I think, I think, you know, it, it still goes back to these, these, any of these issues that attempt to put people in their own, you know, to segment po people into populations that it's identity politics, right? So you're, you're just, you're trying to give a group an identity and it's, it oversimplifies the argument and you never want that argument oversimplified. And, you know, so that's what, what you're getting at with the transgender, um, you know, male, the female, or males playing female sports like it, it you can't oversimplify that argument and yeah, i agree no with you that. on like the standards the standard if if i'm strong enough to do what you can do then and i want to do it then i'm all for it but if i'm not you know it's not because i'm a woman it's because i couldn't i couldn't scale the wall so you know and we all again it's it's not grinding to find some it's not you don't want to like
plant your flag and say, I'm going to do this and then miss what your path was actually supposed to be. Right. I mean, like if you are so hell bent on being what somebody else is, you're missing what you're supposed to be. So we all get to these different paths. Like when you're saying go, to bring it back around, Nick, you're not so wowed by, you know, whatever athlete or volleyball player or whatever it's, we're supposed to be like, it, it's, it's the story that we create by being ourselves. And if we're not trying to, I'm not trying to be the strongest man in the world. I'm trying to be the best writer, the best mom, the best recreational volleyball player, or whatever it is that my day, what my life has lined me up to be. And if we want to be, you know, I think sometimes we start looking at other people and going, I want to be like that, or I want to, I want to conquer that. And we, we lose sight of like looking inward and seeing, you know, what am I really supposed to be? You don't have to be like anybody else, you know? And I think we get lost in that sometimes. And it's very defeating. Well, I think we do because because history gives us permission to be um, sexist and bigots about this. Like you said, you want to be the best writer, right? And in yeah. my mind, in my male mind, I'm like, do you want to be the best female writer or the best male writer? And that's the category that we've all come to accept. Thank the Lord. It's the same. Yeah. Right. Do I want to be the best female soldier or do I want to be the best soldier? And I strongly believe in my heart of hearts that we've come into a time period where you should be able to say that's that's the same. Yeah. You know, you know, or close as close as we can say that's the same. You know, yeah, what I'm saying? absolutely. Because you ever see G.I. Jane? Honor Sorry, whatever is unique about you. Yeah. Right. Like and, and you can do both of those things simultaneously. True. You know, true. that. So. Did you ever see G.I. Jane? No, I haven't seen G.I. Jane. Wendy. I know. Wendy, I'm your friend. I'm trying to help you here. <laughs> all right. Okay? It's on the list. I'm your friend. I'm a terrible TV movie watcher. I'm going to give all of you guys listening uh, and, and the same piece of advice I'm going to give Wendy. Is everybody listening? All right. The stupider the name, the better the movie. That was Demi Moore, right? Yeah. G.I. Jane yeah. is a stupid name. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Demi Moore is a highly, highly capable actress. Uh, um, Viggo Mortensen is a alpha, alpha, highly capable male actor. Viggo Mortensen was the command master chief. Basically, she's she's already in the spec ops community, but as Intel, Navy Intel. and okay. But she wants to get promoted up the chain faster, so she keeps applying for Naval SEALs Academy, keeps getting rejected, and then all of a sudden there's some senator that's trying to, you know, it's trying to wow the boys and decides to do this secret test case to have this female. Um, and the men are all laughing because they give the female senator what she wants. You know, when she leaves, it's like, so which one do you do? They're like, seals. She won't survive week one. She won't survive hell week. It's a 60% dropout rate for males, you know? And then she, 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 she's in this and then she survives hell week and then she keeps making it through and keeps making it through and they're just like oh my god is she gi jane or joan of arc you know so really really you have to see it it's written right. directed by ridley scott so you yeah. you could appreciate the type of um in your face um yes especially in military moves it's kind of like in your face and it's very real and 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 it's all right it is. Kate, kate, kate and i'll check it out for sure gi jane okay. yeah stupid names forrest gump <laughs> That is a stupid name. That's a stupid <laughs> name for a person. And that's a stupid name for a movie. And it's a great movie. Shawshank great. Redemption. Oh, what best. a stupid name. And what an <laughs> awesome movie. 
Awesome movie. What an awesome gladiator. What a Fantastic. dumb name. What a great movie. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you said you were playing this morning? Yeah, yeah, I played this morning. It's too cold out there, man. But uh, I'm just trying not to get hurt in this cold. It's really hard to warm up, but it's still so fun. So, so fun. There's... I'll play as long as my needs will hold up. <laughs> you know, the cool thing is volleyball. The higher the level you play, the more you're still getting it in. It's like nobody messes with you. And it's, you know, I mean, the higher level you play, no one's playing fours at the high level. They're playing, I mean, unless you're the McKibbins or whatever. And yeah. I thought they did a, a decent social distance thing. I, I, I did not go because when I watched the first few videos, I'm like, that's just too many damn people, you know? And, and again, I'm, I'm all positive. I'm, I'm going to be more resistant to, to COVID um, as six different studies would show. But I'm, and me, it's not about me getting it. It's about me giving it to someone, you know, next yeah. to me or whatever. So, but yeah. But, but I will say, yeah. I will say my uh, volleyball has been the thing that like, I really, except for when we were completely shut down and we couldn't play, oh, God. like I am playing volleyball and we're not, we're not high-fiving and we're, you know, trying to keep our distance and I'm playing with, you know, it's, there's four of us out there, but volleyball has been the thing that like, but doubles, right? Yeah. It saves my day. And yeah. then I, and then I, are you playing doubles or fours? No, no doubles. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, if, as long as I get out on the beach in the morning, like I can come home, I can be by myself or with my kids and do everything from home. But it, there is something to, you know, getting your body moving, being out in the fresh air, getting your exercise. Like, that's the one thing I do not want to give up. So, but, you know, everybody's reporting if, if you know, people, they, they bag out if they have a cold, you know, like, oh, I might, I'm, I've got a headache. I'm going to check it out. You know, we've had a lot of that, but. I don't want to quit playing. <laughs> like, no, I mean, and again, the more, the more, as far as social distancing and, and having a safe sport is concerned, I mean, there's golf, there's tennis, and there's yeah. beach volleyball. I mean, you got the wind, yeah. right? You got the wind blowing one direction for ocean to strand. You have four players who are away from each other. You got, you know, this new yeah. ball, which is easy to clean and sanitize. I mean, the new, yeah. the, the new uh, AVP. Um, I'm actually getting rid of my, my other ones. I just have too many balls in the house. You know, I got 12 Maltons, you know, the NCAAs, I got six, yeah. I got 16 of the new ones and I have like 20 of the old Wilsons. So I'm thinking about sending but my old Wilsons to Tanzania because there are volleyball players out there that need balls. So I just wanted yeah. to see if I could just send those the balls. Um, the reason why I brought it up is because on my recent um, other podcast with Rob McLean, Sports Debate Tuesday, mm -hmm. we had made a list, five things that... Um, five ways that sports saved 2020, mm -hmm. right? And, you know, we've been on this podcast for a while, and I know eventually you're going to get hungry, but I wanted to go through this list with you. <laughs> it's just five things, all right? Yeah. So number five, um, I said sports talk shows. I think mm -hmm. as far as keep people keep keeping people engaged and their opinions on this and having doctors on uh, in relation to sports as as well as some of these people breaking their silence on social justice, uh, um, which uh, managed to steer away from a political movement and made it a, hum a humanitarian movement. And yeah. the way the way some of these athletes spoke up, I thought was really really cool. You know, because if like you said, if the biased man can't allow a politician to hijack that that narrative that yeah. they can allow you can allow someone to hijack sports you, you can allow someone to hijack um um what you eat you know you can allow someone to hijack covid you know uh, uh, uh this and that so 
um, sports talk shows. Number four was the AVP. Um, I thought they're, they're, the idea of getting a film permit um, and turn Long Beach, Long, a parking lot in Long Beach into uh, sand courts and build a facility around that and consolidate the the level of players where, where AVP champions and Olympic gold medalists had to qualify, <laughs> you know, uh, for three weeks straight, Amazon Prime, of course, one of the biggest moves AVP's made because now, yes. now it's everywhere and big up to Conover, big up to Donald Sun, big up to Josh, I think who's the media guy. Um, Still got an axe to grind, man. You should have put me in that commentating booth. You should, you know. <laughs> he don't even know me, but yeah, he will. Um, so AVP was four. Three, um, NFL. I put death, taxes, and the NFL. <laughs> yeah. Just like WWE, the show goes on. And uh, can and, we talk and, about, and, yeah, can we talk about Josh Allen? <laughs> oh, you mean the guy from Wyoming that got the dropped down in the draft? Yes. The guy from Fireball, California. Yes. This is where my family farms where so my family farms right next to his family. And that kid, he's younger than me, but went to tiny little Fireball High School, played for the junior college right, you know, 20 miles south of Fresno. Fresno State didn't look at him. Fresno State's got a great history of quarterbacks, right? Fresno State didn't give him a chance. Wyoming's the only school that gave him a chance. And look at the year he's having in the NFL. He's when, only been in three years, excuse right? Me, I mean, excuse me. So excuse that's me. Been, that's been my NFL highlight. So. Wendy, Wendy Jones. Yeah. What's my favorite team? Your favorite football team. Ugh. I don't know. The Buffalo Bills. Is it really? <laughs> the Buffalo Bills. I've been, in, I've been a Buffalo Bills fan since 1989. Jim Kelly, Daryl Talley, Cornelius yeah. Bennett, uh, um, Thurman Thomas, Andre Reed, James Lofton, Nate Odoms. Uh, what? what? I did not know you were a Bills fan. Pete Metzelards. <laughs> I guess it does make sense with the New York thing. <laughs> They're the team that plays in New York and not New Jersey. Okay. I am a See, Buffalo Bills fan. This man um, is breaking just, all of the I'm records. Loving, he just broke Jim Kelly's um, touchdown record. Yes. I am loving watching this kid play. He like, broke Jim Kelly's touchdown record, and Stefan Diggs broke um, Eric Mull's receiving record for Buffalo in 1998. And he's leading the league in total receptions, uh, um, 120. The next person is 111. Uh, Beasley leads the league in um, slot recept total slot receptions. Okay. Um, the, the, the Buffalo Bills lead the league in third down conversions. <laughs> this kid guy. knows how to play. And, and he's got a great coach, too. Because sometimes when you're yeah. ahead, you know what happens. You want to try to run the ball. You want to try to do the make. You, you want to play the game with the clock. And Sean McDermott's not doing that. If you, if you flung to get ahead, and if that's the type of football that just keeps you in, in killer mode, then keep flinging. Because when they were up on the Patriots, you know, they weren't trying to run up the score. That's the way he wants them to play. Because yeah. the last time, listen, the last time they tried to play run the ball or just dink and dump, what happened? The Rams came back. They blew a 28-point lead. And the Rams came back, and, and they almost lost that game. Thank God Thank God for a P.I. call on fourth yeah. down. That is, that's my favorite football team. I love it. Well, that's been my that's been my NFL highlight. So when you said the NFL, and I agree that the NFL itself has been – it, yeah, it, it silencing sports. That was weird for that little period that we didn't have, you know, we were missing the big stuff. And so but even I now think, they're dealing with it. 
right? Oh. There's 53 person rosters. You had Denver, I think, had four quarterbacks, right? Yeah. They, they signed someone from the practice squad who was a wide receiver to throw the ball. Look, it's made look, it's made the season interesting because they're next. They're met. They're they're um man next up uh, mentality. Yeah. They 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 are who they are. Yeah. They're practicing what they preach. Next man up. That's what it's next man up mentality. Um that's Bill Belichick way, but that's really the NFL way. Number two on the UFC. Because when COVID hit, they just basically empty the arenas. And anyone that's ever watched the reality show The Ultimate Fighter or Dana White's contender series knows that they don't have fans anyway. So they were able to put on these fights and nothing really skipped a beat because the people that were following those shows, to them, it was like a glorified reality show yeah. you know um fight of the year candidate with figueredo and um and brandon moreno uh, 125 pound division which is by far not their popular division these guys just just for five rounds there's something about watching everyone loves the knockout all right everyone yeah. we as fans we love the knockout we love submissions um slick submissions but there's nothing in the world like watching someone go the distance and they gave it everything they had and you just want to know what the hell the judges think those 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 are those are just really good fights and i know mma is not your, your wheelhouse but um no, Dan, my, but dana yeah, I, dana white I'll, I'll tell you why after I, I give you number one number one was the nba and the the nba was the same reason as the ufc why i had them one and two one or one and one a there was a, a pandemic. There were there were shutdowns. And everyone was just saying, you can't do this, you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't do that. And these dudes out there between Dana White and the NBA players and Silver, um, Adam, were like, I don't want to do can't. I want to do if if yeah. if can applies, how? If yeah. if can happen, can happen, how? Right. Tell you and what. I would I would say the same thing for the U.S. Open in tennis and the French Open in tennis. Yes, that, honorable mention. Yeah, because those um, U.S. Open, I, I watch more U.S. Open, but like when you got to those two finals, like when we were stuck in our homes, like that was watching that. Oh, my gosh. I was glued to that men's U.S. Open final. And again, the same thing with, you know, the, just the business models of the NBA and the, the UFC. I'm totally with you. The NBA gets more kudos for me because, with like tennis, with tennis and with golf and with mixed martial yeah. arts, You're, yeah, they're single single compared to the combatant right. sports. All right, um, the AVP. I want to revisit after after I talk about the NBA. You have all this money. Why not? Why not make a bubble? We can afford a bubble. You know, yeah. uh, we'll lose money this season. Of course, there's a pandemic, but the money that we've gotten the last. Uh, the, from the excitement of the, watching the NBA Finals and LeBron and, and all these people. LeBron plays like he doesn't have a contract, by the way. He's awesome. Um, yeah. right? He plays like he, he's, he's playing for a contract because some people get yeah. their money. It's like, eh, I'm good. But um, they built a bubble. Didn't, um, 354 players, zero positive test, which a lot of people call BS or whatever. This. But so they showed a way that if the word is Ken, how? this way yeah the avp did kind of a poor man's bubble right because a lot of those people train together and they only 
And if you know a lot of the players like we do, they only really associate and socialize with each other. A lot of them are single. And a lot of the uh, people that are families, just all they do is go volleyball and go home. You know, they're mm -hmm. not out there partying. They're not, they're not out there singing karaoke. They're not out there, you know, on, on the strand act, uh, or on the pier acting like it's spring break, you know? So they created like a, a poor man's bubble. And they, to my knowledge, they didn't have any positive tests either. So, yeah, I don't um, think so. That, that's why AVP made my top five list because they, yeah. they're like, wait, I we can. Watching, I loved watching Miles and Ty Loomis. That was my. Uh, yeah. Here with my kids in my house. We were like, we were going to get on the road and drive up north. Um, I was like, I can't leave till this match is over. And we all sat here and watched it. But it's like, it's just so much fun. So yeah. much fun. Listen, Miles Partain, just like a lot of the female players we've mentioned, really makes people re-examine their game. Yep. Take a look at yourself. All right. I'm not gonna be Debbie Down. I'm not gonna crap on people who who've been in the qualifier like scores of times and never qualified once <laughs> or only qualified once you know i mean there are players who jump higher than miles there are people players that hit harder than miles there are people who have better hands than miles there are people that that uh, have better twitch reaction off the athletic twitch reaction than miles but yet here this kid is making the main draw with his brother at the age 15 his brother's 17 making the main draw again um with with different partners with paul lotman and now um ty loomis and now seems like a main draw attraction now i think between the, for the next few years you're not going to see that kid in the qualifier anymore i think he's you know i think they need to get on board i think if volleyball is a beach volleyball is a true meritocracy this kid has more than paid his dues you know so and and and, and a, a good solid human being behind it which is what i love yeah. the humility class act great parents wonderful people like and then to watch him and his brother, I said that when I watched him at 15, when he was 15, I was like, it's like watching a chess game. Like you say, it's not a power game. It's just watching them. It just, it's so smooth. It's just my favorite thing to watch. I got to interview him when he was 15, but the coach said he was really shy. So I took two of his yeah. players. I put one player on his left, one on his right, and they stood like with their hands in front. I love it. The hands in front of them like they were strapped, you know, and, and we, we did the interview and I invited them on the podcast a, a bunch of times, but, it, but like certain players, it's not really his thing, you know, yeah. and also, you know, I had to give him a lesson on, on who you think is a stranger and who's not. Like he asked me, he's like, how do you know all these people? You know, how, how do you get all these people on the podcast? I'm like, how do you know all these people? Yeah. How do you, he, he's like, I just grew up here and I'm, you know, I'm with them all the time. I'm like, there you go. <laughs> how are we? How are we different, Miles? Are we different because you playing and and I'm done playing? Yeah, but but um, that's the only difference. That's the only separation. You know, we're we're very much the same. <laughs> you know, both left-handed too. You know, I was um, I see a lot of myself in him when I played. You know, um, our jump is kind of the same. He, he he's got pretty good hops, but uh, but not great hops like me. I had longer arms than him. Um, his hands are cleaner than mine. But I'm I'm a better setter. I'm a better setter for the position, as far as like leadership, who to set and when. Also being the best blocker against the other team's best outside hitter. So, so but um his hands, his set location is really really good. He's um his discipline is is unforgiving. It's awesome. Absolutely. He doesn't he doesn't it's no frills. He doesn't have. Think of John Mayer, right? John, how many mistakes do you see John Mayer making a game? 
this kid's very yeah, much like John think, Mayer. Yeah, I mean, it's a game of consistency. Yeah, like it, absolutely. And that's, I guess, that's what I was getting back to, right? Yeah. There are there are players his age and a, a little bit older than him. I'll just say five years older. You know, to that range yeah. as far as volley reaching volleyball primes is concerned. Um, that jump higher to hit harder, more athletic. They're not winning. He's winning. No. Why? We know why. <laughs> so, mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. So, but that's why I give, but anyway, that's why I give the NBA more credit because they showed everybody how, uh, if, yeah. if the word is can, how, and, yeah. and, and boom, that's how, so good for them. Um, I also talked about volleyball and relationships and we could finish with that. Um, okay. like I always ask some of my players if they've ever lost like a girlfriend or, or like a relationship to volleyball, you know? AVP had this 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 question like volleyball are volleyball breakups worse or better than um, than real breakups and that's not the route I was going because I think that's a, it's a silly question but at the same time so much fun to answer you know volleyball breakups oh my god it's so much worse listen I I remember seeing that but that's not what I'm talking about I'm talking about has anyone ever dated someone that doesn't play the sport that doesn't understand the lust, the volleyball lust that we have for it, that's le <laughs> that's led to the relationship's demise. And for me, it's happened once or twice. And in fact, actually twice. And the second time when she walked out, she said, you already have a girlfriend. And it was, I thought it was pretty cool. Cause I was like, oh, I was like, uh, yeah, I was like. Uh, it's passion. Yeah. I mean, what are you gonna do? Yeah. I mean, I, I even faced it with my kids. They're like, oh my God, mom, you should go in. I come home and tell my kids about my recreational volleyball games. And you know, they're like, okay, it's just let her talk. You know, let her talk about how she got four blocks this morning or whatever. Like she's fired up right now. But I, lo um, I love the way you use recreational. You guys are savages. What are you <laughs> but sorry, go ahead. No, I mean, well, that's been the most fun thing for me is to see because I, I you know i don't know that i ever considered myself an elite athlete i came down here started playing got hooked into six man because of the the gym i was working out at when they lost some team lost their middle blocker and the guy looks at me and says are you play you want to play and i was like yeah i want to play so i get in there and then start playing doubles and all of a sudden you start playing with people you're like wait you've been to the olympics wait you're you're some professional indoor player you and all of a sudden I'm like, wait, we're, we're holding, I'm, I'm holding my own. I'm learning every day. I'm getting better. Like it's, it's as fun as it gets. So I'm, I'm 46 years old, but I still pl I'm play with my daughter who's 20 and plays for Hector at TCU. She comes home on break and we got a game with, you know, Carly Lloyd the other day and, oh, what was her friend's name? that play she's a amazing outside hitter from uh, playing indoor in Europe so it's me and Lauren and two professional indoor players playing you know doubles volleyball and I'm like am I really can I just hang here as long as I can as long as this body will will hold up because I'm having the best time playing with my kid and people who have these incredible stories that have been all over the world playing the sport that I love I just I'll hang out for that as long as I possibly can so it's just too fun. But as far as relationships go, I don't think I've ever had a, a volleyball breakup. And we were actually talking about volleyball breakups this morning on the court, but it was more of like, you know, losing a partner, like when you play and then you get in a, you get in a fight and how that gets into your psyche and 
I've, I, I don't know. I'm pretty, I'm pretty chill. I think I've only ever gotten upset with one person that I played with because she was dropping F-bombs on me. And I'm like, what, what the heck? Like, hmm. you can... Go kick rocks. <laughs> go kick <laughs> rocks. How about that one? <laughs> yeah. I like go kick rocks. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah so, so for me, it's really just about understanding for people listening that have uh, significant others or just people you're dating that don't understand your passion, that don't understand that it's more, it's not a hobby. Um, for those of you that like to use the word uh, way of life, volleyball is a way of life. Don't, no, no, you don't have to change that language. You don't have to change that for anybody. It, it, you have to, right? We were just talking about being, telling the truth and being on, um, the truth meaning deriving from your self-honesty, which isn't always the same as fact, but is the truth. It's your truth. If that's your truth, that's who you are. Don't, you can't let anybody tell you, oh, it's, it's just a hobby. Um, for two reasons. One, because those things aren't mutually exclusive. All right. It can be both. It could be a hobby and a way of life. All right. So it's not like, oh, it's either one or the other choose. Bullshit. Um, and two, they have to understand going in about respecting each other's passions. Right. Yeah. Then at the end of the day, it's not like they don't have a passion. They have hobbies, too. But there's something that they feel just as strong about um, yeah. what you feel about. So make sure they need to self-examine and not be hypocrites, you know, because, you know, it's like, wow, in the same breath, you're just like, you're watching four straight episodes of Big Bang Theory, you know, that's what I do. And I could turn yeah, it off. I'm no, like, oh, yeah, turn I mean, it off. You can't, you know, so, so. Yeah. Well, your girl, but Kelly, you, you take Kelly out there and practice with her and run yeah. her through drills. And Kelly's my guinea pig. Ke Kelly's my guinea pig. Like as a coach, everybody talks about why why certain drills work, or why certain drills don't. Game based drills versus drill based drills, or oh, and the science behind it. And then people just keep referring to the science or the studies and this and that when they fail to realize this very, very, very important. Um, um, I'll call it fact, or as close to a fact as my opinion is going to be. The scientists, Wendy Jones, are us, the coaches. Yeah. We're the scientists. We 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 know biomechanically what 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 a body is supposed to be able to do and what's not. And I get that. But then you have to figure out. All right, I want to try it on this individual. I'd like to try it on this individual. I'm um, I'm still a quasi actor player. I'd like to just try it myself. You know, um, the scientists or us. Stop using scientific fact when science uh, itself is is about questioning what we yeah. what we think what we think to be facts yeah we're the scientists i don't consider fair experience i consider experience experience i consider success and fair experience we're i've been doing this for coaching for 22 years so yeah. kelly loves the drills because because kelly is a shark she likes to keep moving if she goes backwards she will die she's very very much like you um <laughs> And there's another person I want you to meet, Chi DiMaggio, who I spent a lot of time with. We're doing something called One Heart Volleyball. It's this project where we're going to be live streaming volleyball from like 12 different countries at the same time. Like oh, four cool. of the four of them are going to be like pro scenes, and I think eight of them just like recreational. Maybe Central Park Hard Hardtop, Central Park Beach, uh, Hermosa Beach here, uh, Ghana, West Africa. My boy Sedu's there. You know, um, Italy, Uganda. So, and. I don't know. I, want, I might want you on board with me. I, I, I'm going to be doing play-by-play. Play. I need a, I need yeah. a, Wendy, I need a right-hand person. Do you? We should have right. been doing Pepperdine's games last year together. 
Yeah. We should have, because there's there's nothing better than bouncing all back and forth with oh, someone I know. to, I just to tell the story somebody, instead of just telling the story me. yourself. Yeah. Somebody asked me the other day, like, why do you like to do podcasts so much? And I was like, because I like conversation. I don't like talking at people. Yeah. Like I like to I like to go back and forth. I like to bounce back and forth and hear what someone else has to say and then respond. So yeah. Like, yeah. And then watching volleyball and telling you what I think. That's so fun. Yeah. But listen, for the people listening at home, um, P1440 was doing all of Pepperdine's home games and we called the Big West Championship. And the five commentators were Mike Dodd, Tim Hovland, Travis Muirwitter. We know the, the we know the brother can write, but we, we know he can talk too. Rob Espero, Savage, and and of course, yours truly, myself. Now, as far as color commentators, color analytical, I would probably give it to Dot. But but solo sitting in that thing by yourself and telling a story. It's me. <laughs> it's me. Yes, Dot. I am better than you at that. You know? Uh, no, but as far as star power is concerned, I was going to be like, oh, you're better than Mike Dot. Yes. <laughs> yes, because it's not about what you've done in the past. And it's not about how who people respect you. It's The question is, can you do it better than this person or not? Straight up. Yeah. You know? Don't sell me a freaking resume. Can, it's, yeah. Sometimes it's based on your resume. But Dot is a better color guy than yeah. he is telling the story by himself. Um, if I have to give up the goods of somebody, I give it up to Rob Sparrow. Rob Sparrow is this, this Filipino guy that does a lot of um, UC Irvine's indoor games. Okay. He is, you never heard of him, but he's a savage. I, but you know the other, you know the others. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know Travis and I, I've, I've heard of Rob. I don't, I, I can't say I've heard him commentate though. Mm -hmm. It's, yeah, it's Rob. He's, um, yeah. Rob actually t is better by himself than he is with someone. So, okay. you know, I've heard him with someone. Um, me? I, I toot my own horn because I, I I believe in my heart of hearts I'm um, interchangeable like that. If you mm -hmm. need me to call it, I could call. You need me to break down analytic, I could do it. Oh, by myself, I'm I'm a dude that's by myself. No nobody, no problem. I'm 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 good, you know. Yeah. And based on my own in, 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 inner beliefs and on the feedback I've been getting. I get emails, yeah. I get messages, you know, I'm at the UC UCLA indoor game and they're like, oh, I heard your beach game. You're awesome. This is my kid. He likes you. You know, um, people ta literally tapping me on the shoulder. So my friends, my mom's listening to you in Wisconsin. You're hilarious. So, so, you you know, I don't know. But see, that's what I love about you, Jason, is like you really have just gone out and created what you've created and people have, people come along eventually, yeah. but you were doing what you knew you wanted to do and you didn't give a rip what anybody else thought. You showed up like... I remember seeing you at, oh man, Manhattan Beach Pier. I don't know what qualifier that was. And you were calling them. And I don't think anybody else would have been out there calling them. But yeah. for volleyball junkies like us, you know, people are starting to pay attention. And, you know, that's, and there are a lot of us out there. You know, there are, we just, and, and when you rent, when you meet them, you know. Tens but of you, thousands. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you've got them all over the world. That's awesome. Yeah. And, that's why I like the podcast. Yeah. I like the podcast because I'm interested in talking to interesting people. Um, yeah. Is there a better person that I could have closed out the year with besides you? No. I mean, everyone's like, oh, you just mentioned Taylor. You could have, you could have Taylor. I asked Madison McKibben. And, and there's a lot of people, you know, volleyball people. But uh, I like interesting people. And I'm saying that cautiously because... Uh, the timeliness of that sucks because that, that it sounds like I'm I'm suggesting they're not interesting people because this in this woke culture. Yeah. What are you trying to say about them? I'm not trying to say shit about them. I'm trying to say I'm I'm on episode seventy two, 
And it's safe to say all 72 of my guests are interesting people. You're a repeat guest. Um, Deron Forbes, who, you know, my, my boss or my farm, or, or we're on time. I don't know where the hell we are. Uh, program director, Endless Summer, John Mayer, Dane Blanton, you know, Dave Palm from Florida, Dave McKenzie's in Malaysia. I just want to talk to interesting people. Um, and if they have a volleyball resume, if they, they have this pedigree that, that commands the respect and, and the views and the attention that they deserve, fine. But I, that's, yeah. you know, I'm, 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 I just want interesting people. Yeah. Wendy well, Jones. For me it, does, it, it doesn't get any better than volleyball and current events. So no. I love, I love what you have spliced yeah. together. It's good stuff. And now I know how to finally do my website. Cause when I did the website, they're like, what's your mission statement? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't <have> one. <laughs> but now I know, you know, we, we want interesting people and we want to provoke thought using sports. Yeah. Volleyball is our wheelhouse using entertainment, yeah. um, using health and wellness mm -hmm. and using there was a fourth thing. I'm just old and I can't remember sports, entertainment, health and wellness. Can't even remember. Um, current events, current events. You, yeah, that's it. Those are the four things. Yeah. And I love you as my guest because we always <laughs> we, right. Do, don't we don't we always bang out all four? Yeah, and that's I mean, and if you that, that's why I love the, I love your show because nobody else. Somebody asked me the other day, and I put this up on my Instagram. Recommended your podcast among some other really big ones that are have been around longer than yours, but somebody sent me a message and said I've got a 22 year old that just needs to hear about the positive side of life. He's given up. He's she said, you know what what podcast do you recommend? Because if kid doesn't want to watch Optimus Journal. <laughs> oh, <laughs> positivity good mm -hmm. stories the story behind the story is what is always the most interesting and that's where you know that's where everybody connects so i've never shared that piano teacher story oh that's a big one that's a that's a that's a major processor like you that's a lot to work through so i've, I've never shared that too. i've never shared that with anyone except you know my hat's off yeah close to me. So that was that was weird <laughs> I mean, it's heavy. Yeah, it was it's a long heavy. time ago, and I guess I can, I can again. The more you can compartmentalize and put it in this 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 box, the easier it is to just talk about the box. So, so, yeah. Wendy, who was your last guest? You had a podcast. Um, I've been doing a lot of podcasts lately. I've been get, uh, guesting with. I haven't. Um, I did a great um talk. So my best one has been a Zoom call that I've got going, and it's it's kind of a it's almost like a conference call of podcasts. I have seven, a mom, uh, two college athletes. Then I had my two college athletes and then I had Carly Lloyd. Um, so she's expecting, she came home from Italy and she's expecting her first baby. Um, and um, she was the setter uh, the, for Team USA in the 2016 Olympics and went to Cal. What's your name? Carly Lloyd. Oh, the yeah, volleyball yeah. player, not the not the soccer player. No, right? no. So we of had two we had two Carly Lloyds in the twenty sixteen Olympics and this is the volleyball player. So I had this I did the I did a, a really good um conversation with all of them just about, you know, connection and generational learning and what we learn from sports and from a parenting perspective, what we want from our kids, what our kids have learned from their sports, and then Carly is getting ready to have a baby. So it's just, it's really cool when you bring all those generations together. Like that's just my jam, so. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, listen, I got a four-year-old and I, I, 
she's already built to play sports at four. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, but for me, I just want to surround her with people like you and people that just keep that glass half full on their worst day. And um, for sure, surround her with people I trust. I'm not, I don't want, I really, if I had the choice to want her to play volleyball or not, I really don't want her to play volleyball. I think she's built to play volleyball or basketball or tennis or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, because of the journeys that, that, and you know, and there's no real money in it. You know what I mean, there Fair is, enough. you know, but, um, if she wants to, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna stop her. Yeah, she wants I'd me to, she wants me to coach her. I can do it. I mean, I, I would actually yeah. want someone else to expose coach her. her. Expose yeah. her to all of it. Expose yeah. her to all of it. Like it, it's, it's so yeah. much fun. Like I have, I'm, I'm kind of going through a nostalgic period cause mine are all so big. So yeah, mm-hmm. expose her to everything and just have so much fun with it. She is such a cutie. Yeah. Also on, I don't want, I went in this on the positive note, but I wanted to go back to what I was talking about before my piano teacher, you like for the people who have, who, who have daughters or children that went through this, just say something, speak up as much as you can, because there's a lot, there's a lot of, there's a lot of people in positions of power mm-hmm. who you feel like you have, you have to eat it because you're in a situation. So for everybody listening that grew up like this, or for if there's a younger demographic of people that, that listen to this, and I do have a lot of teenagers that listen to this, speak up, man, speak up. Yeah. Because I mean, there, there's, I got so angry six months ago, a few months ago when I heard about coaches yeah. that are still coaching. Or That's people, the story that you I know, was, Jason yeah. Oliver really blew it up with with that USA, former USA coach yes. that basically used his power where like, even the, the like the mother knew and still let it happen. It's like, yeah. you know, I mean, I, I'm, it, it really, really upset me because I because you have you have children. So it upsets you oh and it upset God. me. I'm like, I got a daughter. Someone does it. To... Yeah. No. So no. I just want people to if you if you have something to say, don't not speak up about it because of consequences, because. No, you tr- you lose is- more by not saying anything. Yeah. The you truth, lose. the tr- yeah, the, you have to believe the truth prevails in the end, and you you have it has to come out to mm-hmm. work through that trauma because that is an incredibly traumatic experience that cannot stay buried in your. And in it your- changed everything. Look, it got yeah. when my grades dropped, and yeah. I wasn't graduating school in time. I got kicked out of the house. No, I got kicked yeah. out of the house. I was I was homeless for like I was seventeen or eighteen years old, homeless, like three months. I'm sleeping on trains. You know, so it's like all of these things psychologically lead to things that can affect your physical or just yes. your, your first chakra, you know, yes. well-being, you know. Yeah. So, so the the, bo- the body keeps the score. Check that book out. Okay. Yeah. It's it's all about like our, our, our traumatic experiences. And Wendy, I don't like to freaking read. <laughs> Listen to it. <laughs> you do audio books. Yeah, actually, I'm doing the audiobook for someone right now. I do the audiobook, I'm, but I'm doing... I have to say, Matthew McConaughey's audiobook. He reads it. Listen to that one first. That'll yeah. break you in. He's the man. Yeah, he's the man. And Wendy Jones, you, my dear girl, are the woman. Uh, before we go, let's plug in your um, Optimist Journal. Yeah. Where can people yeah. reach you? Get to know uh, yeah, you who guys Wendy can Jones find me is. At... NY Varsity Sports Handle. Go ahead. I love what you hear. Okay. Uh, yeah, you guys can find me at theoptimistjournal.com. 
or Wendy Jones underscore the optimist on Instagram. And my, my blog comes out every Sunday. Um, I'm doing a, you know, what we can expect for 2021 and what we learned in 2020. That'll be out this Sunday. So um, that comes out every week. And uh, I'm a life coach and just trying to help people connect and understand what is so great about their story and how they can make use it to impact the world. So love these conversations, Jason. Thanks for having me. The pleasure is all mine. Wendy, you're the man. <laughs> I, look, 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 I mean, you, you, you ain't a man. I mean, you, you, you was a woman, but you, you know, I'm man. <laughs> you know, I'm man. <laughs> <laughs> all right, listen, Wendy might love you, and you know what? I think I love all of you guys too. All right, so no, no haterade from me. Served in vanilla, all love. Served in dark chocolate. All right, I am Jason Debilius. This is my guest. This is Wendy Jones. This is episode 72 of the Option Podcast. Love you to pieces. See you next year, people. We're out. Come check out the Option Podcast on optiondb.com. It's also available on iTunes and Spotify and on YouTube under the NY Varsity Sports Angel. You're going to love what you hear.